argue with someone who has renounced the use of reason is equivalent to administering medication to the dead. Thomas Paine Science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. Albert Einstein Hello and welcome to the Genius Joe's Podcast. This is episode two. So episode one was uh, between myself and um, a gentleman who liked to remain anonymous. Uh, I think he went by Veritas. That was a long time ago. And uh, so right off the bat, I want to say I apologize if the audio is a little echoey. Are you hearing any pops? You know, that's going to be the lack of a pop filter because the only way to mitigate that is going to be to have a pair, pair of pantyhose in front of my face. Hence all the pops with pair of pantyhose. So I decided not to go that route um, for distractibility purposes. We don't need to go there. But anyway, um, I also was curious about how to structure this podcast. It's a little awkward because everything I want to say I've been compiling for years. You know, these are things that I intuitively have come to conclude. These are things that I've investigated and thought deeply on and most of all sought the wisdom on, um, you know, from a lot of varied sources, uh, atheists, agnostics, um, you know, very fundamentalist religious friends of mine, friends and family. So now to make a composite of all that, you know, it's a, it's a big task and it would really have to be like a college thesis. Uh, and this, I just want to be a little bit more relaxed. So to help me do that, I've got my Rebel IPA here. Um, not my favorite, but it's good. It's a little stale. And also some Longhorn Straight Long Cut Dip. So I want you to uh, buckle up because nothing says that we're about to have an intellectual joyride like some cheap uh, IPA and some more cheap dip. So the reason why I wanted to report, record this podcast mainly is because I wanted to distill these thoughts into something useful for people. And I haven't heard this in the discourse. My personal faith is that I'm a fundamentalist Christian. Now, that's been a roller coaster. It's taken a lot of permutations. But at the core of my belief and value system lies um, what you'd call fundamental Christianity. So to me, that means that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. The one path of salvation is the renouncement of your sins and inviting uh, Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. There are multiple permutations of Christianity and Judaism. You know, I see them as, as linked. Um, obviously, you know, the Jews, they're not uh, too big on Jesus because they don't believe that he's the Messiah. However, the, uh, the core of Christianity, as it is, um, you know, comes from that stem as an Abrahamic religion. So for me, the faith is all about love and it's about following the tenets of the religion. Uh, I've noticed in my own personal life that I, when I don't follow those tenets, everything comes crashing down. You know, the, the rafters don't fall when I walk into church or, you know, the Bible doesn't catch on fire in my hands, but it's everything else is, is pretty much a disaster. And to be honest with you, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, but there is a deep sense of truth there. I've fought spiritual battles. I've been slain in the spirit at the altar. I mean, I've, I've really come to find the, uh, what would you call it, subjective truth and the real feeling of the Holy Spirit. So how do you process that? How do I make that merge with the yin part of my brain to the yang? And the, the yin is um, my love of reason. I absolutely love intellectualism. I love any sort of academic debate, any sort of scientific pursuit that I'm able to read about because like, I'm not cracking any nature journals. I don't know how many of you are. I'm sure you are because a lot of you are smarter than me. But, um, you know, but to read the journalism of that distilled, quantum entanglement, uh, evolution. We're going to get to that. 
and uh, just other tenets of science just fascinating to me. And so I think of philosophy as well. And how do you merge this with your religious viewpoint? A lot of fundamentalists will, let you, will lead you to believe that you can't have both. You can only have science so far as it doesn't touch traditional American uh, feelings of the you know, fundamentals of the faith. And a lot of religious folks here believe that those fundamentals have been under threat for a long time. Now, me personally, I don't. This is, to me, the greatest tragedy. And again, the reason I'm recording this podcast, because there's been a huge disparity between what I believe is truth and this war being waged between the uh, two antagonistic sides. You have science and religion. Militant atheists out there want to destroy any tenet of organized religion. They think organized religion is the root of all evil, and um, it's, it's actually a hindrance to our path forward as a, as a species. And then you have religious fundamentalists who believe that the agnostic or, or atheist scientists are, uh, sorry, my English isn't the best today, but those, those scientists themselves are attacking the very foundations of the truth of the universe and how to send people to heaven or hell. And on either side of that, you know, those are pretty big, those are pretty big bets there. Those are, those are pretty big um, antes to try to, to play with. Sorry, my thoughts aren't exactly coming out right. Um, so that's my personal faith. So I just want to get into this real quick. The universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. That's Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't think it's wise or right that we throw away assuming that our, our species is 200,000 years old, roughly 200,000 years of human thought and feeling. And all, you know, for the vast majority, that's been based around theism. And I don't think that that's an evil thing. Theism has been used as a tool, like nationalism or anything else, for evil. But it's also guided, and it's also helped shape the better morality, the better angels of our nature for, you know, a long, long time. And some of the wisest and most brilliant people who will ever live you know, we're, we're holders of some kind of faith, uh, faith in a higher power. Now, here's the interesting thing. So, if you're an atheist and you're listening to this, I'm excited. If you're a fundamentalist Christian, I'm excited. And the reason why is because there's an overlap there. If this is a Venn diagram, we're about to live in the middle. And I think that that's where the truth lies. The universe gave birth, if you're an atheist, to our consciousness through a series of random steps. These random steps were to include, you know, the Big Bang all the way up through, you know, molecules interacting with each other, forming compounds, and then giving birth to, the, you know, this planet through phys- uh, physical means, and then a sh- a, an evolutionary step into single-celled simple organisms, or possibly before that fungi. Well, that would be a single-celled organism. Dur-dur-dur. But it's a progression, and it's a progression based on natural selection and evolutionary uh, processes. Okay, I can see that view. Using this logic, then, if the universe gave birth to our consciousness, why is it such a huge leap to think that the universe gave birth to any other consciousness, a consciousness that was able to manipulate the universe around it in a greater way? So everyone screams for empiricism. Well, this is a pretty empirical viewpoint, or at least one that allows you to open your your heart, if you will, because that exists for a reason, uh, up to the possibility of a higher power. 
So on that same track, hang on. All right, had to take a quick pause there to throw a dip in. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about, though, was on that same track, if you think about taking an iPad back to the Middle Ages, assuming you weren't burned at the stake first, which is highly possible, then you fall into this, uh, this cliche, and it's also a quote, um, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. These people wouldn't be able to intuitively make the leap between their technology and ours. It would be magic. You can equate this to miracles. If you're a Christian, you believe in miracles. Miraculous things are the higher power intervening in an unforeseeable or unknowable way into a situation. I do believe, don't quote me here, but if you're an empiricist, you would say, this is simply a phenomenon that we haven't observed or been able to predict yet. So those are miracles. Your iPad back in the 1300s would be a miracle. So let's, let's just use that logic for a second. Now imagine, assume for a minute that we live for another thousand years. Humanity moves forward and progresses for a thousand years with any major, without any major setbacks. Without these setbacks, where would we be? In 300 years, we went from an ox cart to space. We're entangling, entangling particles on a quantum level. We're creating synthetic life forms in a lab right now, utilizing things like CRISPR and the mapping of the human genome. So imagine, uh-oh, oh, pause break, kitten, kitten coming in hot. Get out of here. Get out of here, little booper. Yeah. Yeah, I love you too, buddy. Sorry, little Winston came in hot. Thankfully, Churchill's still asleep. All right. He's walking on the laptop. That's not good. So, squirrel, back to our original train of thought. Crap, I forgot where I was. So, if we extrapolate this progression out, we will be able to manipulate physics on a quantum level at a scale unimaginable at this time. We will be able to manipulate biology at the same level. Assuming this is true, it would be very possible to find terraform and seed life onto a planet. And when we did this, through whatever means of control we desired, we would be their god if we so desired. Let that sink in, friends. That's, that's really the crux of this entire thing. And if you get nothing else out of it, I want you to think about that. That if the universe, and then to tie it together a little bit, if the universe birthed consciousness before ours, able to manipulate uh, physics on a higher level and biology, that could be, for the atheist, something to, to, to think about in terms of seeding the thought of a god. And for the fundamentalist Christian... What does that do for you? Well, that might be a neat way to look at, at who God is or where he or it comes from. And I don't mean to say it derogatorily, but um, I'll say he comes from. And so if you think about it in those terms, I'm not saying that's the truth, but it's a very compelling argument, friends. Now, a lot of people take exception to me at this point, and you know, they want to argue one way or the other, but just... Since I have a bit of a bully pulpit here and you're in my grasp, think about that for a second. If these things are, could possibly be true, I'm not saying they are, but if they are possibly true, this is our overlap, friends. Science describes how the universe works, and I'd say religion explains why. 
we have a natural inborn desire for religion. You might be able to explain it away through evolutionary processes, or you might be able to explain it away as simply the way that God created us to find the truth. But nonetheless, I mean, it's a pretty compelling thought. At least I think so. So if we're going to go ahead and move on, I want to move on to talk to my fundamentalist religious friends. And I'm not going to say fundamentalist Christian friends, because I think fundamental religion needs to hear this. A secular government is the way to go. It just is. Now, the people of the government, I believe, should have some kind of theistic values, some kind of common moral code that binds them together. And if that's based on religion, that's great. But the secular aspect of the government means that there isn't one religion that is imposed on anyone else. That means that if you're a member of, say, the Islamic faith, then you know that Islam is going to be free to be practiced within the society. And because of that, you know all other religions themselves are going to be under the umbrella of freedom of religion. That and other things are why our founding fathers programmed into the Constitution a very clear mandate to have a secular government. And look at Turkey. After the end of World War I, Turkey formed a secular government. It served them very well. And uh, even into the modern era, I mean, maybe not so much with, what is it, Erdogan as president, but my point is, um, I think that you cannot legislate morality. And as somebody majoring in history, I'll take you right back to the Roman Empire, and when, um, Ju not Julius Caesar, Caesar Augustus attempted to legislate morality, made adultery illegal, divorce much harder, uh, penalties up to death, or um, being banished from the land. And it didn't work. It backfired massively. He wound up having to execute his own granddaughter because, uh, yeah, she wasn't having that. She was running around. And so if you can't legislate morality, I think the best thing you can do is create a moral government. And so, again, this is a marriage. This is a marriage between spiritual values, which aren't the only values that matter, but spiritual values and that secular government. And, again, you know, this is more of the handshake between science and religion, if you will. It's all metaphorical. Another thing I want to talk about that I've been dying for around 10 years to get off my chest is please, please, please stop saying the earth is 6,000 years old. It doesn't matter. Look at the speaker that this is coming out of. Picture my two eyes there. Look at me in, that, in those eyes. It doesn't matter how old the earth is. Okay? Take a breath. So one time I was in church. I was at a men's conference, and the speaker afterwards you know sells merchandise sells his, his cds his shirts things like that and um i went up to this table and you know cds and videos on on various subjects and one of them was the war against science the war against evolution please stop with that if the earth is i don't know how old the earth is 13 billion years old or is that no that's the total universe roughly seven however many billion year old years old the earth is it doesn't matter if the earth is 6,000 years old. It doesn't matter if science... So basically what I'm trying to tell you is there's a Teflon layer for the Christian or the fundamentalists of any religion to say, hey, it doesn't matter what science discovers. You're merely uncovering the way that God created the universe or the God that I believe in created the universe. This is common ground. This is very common ground. 
and I understand where this this antagonism between science and religion comes from to some extent. You know, during the Enlightenment, there was a big push among rationalists and um, other good intellectual folks for empiricism. And that push negated the thought of a personal God or a religion at all. And it went over to a fully scientific way. And I keep using these umbrella terms, so I apologize. But it was like an umbrella with which to view the world through merely empirical means. And by doing so, you eliminate anything except for that which is quantifiable or measurable, aside from uh, theory, of course. I totally understood. The church, especially around the turn of the, the 19th and 20th century, I'm sorry, the 20th century, really fought against that. They saw that as, as a direct attack, specifically through means of evolution, on creationism. And in many ways, creationism was under attack purposefully uh, by these individuals. So in response to that, many, many, many church scholars and other good folks have decided that science itself is something to be fought. And there have been many foundations, millions and millions of dollars have been funneled into research and thought into countering theories of evolution, theories of physics, theories of anything that might fall outside of their view of what's possible with God. And what I'm trying to tell you is there's almost nothing that falls outside of that theory. And if it doesn't matter for somebody to achieve their personal relationship with their God, and for me it would be with Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter. Stop talking about it, please. This only opens doors up to have your message be broadcast in such a way as to fit in with the reason of somebody who would normally disdain religion. And if you're a hardcore empiricist, you're like, hey, I don't believe in anything I can't see, smell, measure, touch. Okay, that's fine. We can explain love away as a reductive process. Love is merely the means by which we form tribes. Since we have a long gestation period um, as infants and children, it's a means to further our own species. That's a reductive way to look at it, perhaps scientific only, but... Um, it's much more than that, I think, and we, in, we intuitively know these things, and I think it's okay to venture out, to probe slightly the programming that we have, because, and here's where evolution and creationism can merge in my thought, and this is a contentious subject, and I'll call it theistic evolution or guided evolution. Who cares? That's just the way I could see it happening. Science has a lot of really good, compelling arguments for evolution. Now, there are some against it, too, that are actually more compelling than you might think, but... Okay, so if, if evolution exists, then it was it's directed. Boom. Done. End of argument. So, great, we can all hug. I want you to go pull off on the street and find someone of the opposite viewpoint, have them listen to this, and then hug them right at the end of it. It's going to be great. So... I'm not sure if I've conveyed these thoughts in a powerful enough manner. Um, you know, it's a little awkward sitting in front of a microphone all by yourself. Um, in this case, I'm in my kitchen talking into actually a pretty nice little microphone sitting on the Age of Faith by Will Durant to get it closer to my mouth. So I hope you're able to take these seeds, though. You know, these, this isn't a granular discussion on particular scientific principles or religious principles and the means of interfacing them. This is merely, hopefully, 
and imperfectly an, an open door to whatever you believe. If you believe, if you're a true, full atheist, or if you're a hardcore religious fundamentalist, to open your eyes up and see a greater world and to see overlap. And as, as those two... As those two things are able to merge, again, we live in the middle of that Venn diagram that I mentioned before, and that's a wonderful place to be. Because through evolution, we formed into tribes. Other is bad. So at some point, the tribe can be pretty much any size. And we've done a pretty decent job of making tribe America. We have our factions. You know, We even fought civil wars. And to this day, there's differences around regions. But for the most part, tribe America has done pretty darn good. I think the next step in human evolution in terms of our society will be tribe human and tribe earth beyond that. Sorry, the kitty was trying to get on the keyboard again. Go away. So if we're tribe human, then imagine what we could accomplish together. Imagine the truth that we could seek together. Now, I don't know how to make that happen, but I'm hoping that these words and words like them will nudge us forward a little bit. And a little bit more about tribes, um, just a side note, Dunbar's number is a scientific number, and it describes the amount of active relationships we're able to maintain at one time. It's pretty neat. And it's co- you can correlate it back to the average size of a tribe you know, throughout our evolution, and it's roughly 150 people. And if you think about it, that's kind of neat. You know, That's just one more way to inform the way you view the world. You're able to roughly... Now, there are tricks to expand this. Some people are narrower, but uh, roughly 150 people, that's a theory, is what you're actively able to maintain relationships with or who you're actively able to maintain those with. So, you know, if you think about it, it, we live in a country of 320 million people. That's 320 million realities walking around, and we're all trying to coalesce into one unified group and to do the best we can for, for ourselves, and I'd like to think for our fellow man. And at this time, when we have a nation that's so divided, and there's forces at work that just want to make it further divided for, you know, just for their own purposes, you know, you have the media, which makes great, great hay off of radicalizing the right or the left. Truth is lost. There's no desire to find truth. So maybe this would be a genesis of that. And I'm not saying that this podcast would be, that's hubris beyond, way beyond what I'd ever hoped for. But we need to find that common ground. We have to, because right now it feels good to be righteous. It feels good to have an enemy and to be able to shout other people down and to have a clear, some, clear, something clear to fight for and to fight against. And that's what makes the feeling of righteousness so good. So you believe you're fighting for, say, in politics, a righteous cause or for or against organized religion or religion in general. That feels good. Recognize that in yourselves. I had to recognize it myself, guys, this and girls. This isn't... This isn't something that came by any other means than study and self-reflection. Most people aren't willing to do that. Most people aren't willing to say that their political party is just as corrupt as the other. Sorry about that, folks. Um, My wife was calling me with some urgent news. So we're back. And I just wanted to correlate what I was saying before about how any political party or how people don't want to see their own parties, their own faith which atheism is a faith you basically have faith that there's nothing out there we really don't know Uh, religion is a faith basically we are creatures of faith and so this will be a you know something for a separate podcast i'm gonna have another guest here to discuss america its status now 
and some of the seeds and history that we can find to help us out of this if we're willing. Now, you know, again, I don't know if it'll make a huge difference, but the more these voices are out there, the better. So we're going to go ahead and call this the conclusion of Genius Joe's podcast, episode two. Um, I hope you guys have had a good time listening, and please give me feedback. This will be on YouTube, and I'll link to my Facebook, and I hope the discussion is good. Remember, be civil. And this is something also that just by saying I was going to record this podcast, lots and lots and lots of people have had their input before you know the first word was recorded. So obviously this is something that, that carries in deep with people. And uh, so I have love for all you guys and gals and others. Talk to you later. God bless. Bye.